Hello and welcome to yet another episode of the Travelling Introvert Career Conversations. And today my guest is Esther Avant. Hi, Esther. Hi, thank you for having me. I am stoked. I'm also, she's got beautiful pictures on the back of her wall we you all can't see, but ones of like Hawaii National Park. But it looks like one of those old style, they used to do like a space one because I've got them in my wall in Guadalajara. Uh, anyway. Sorry, people, that you don't get to see this, but there's some <laughs> awesome artwork. Esther, thank you for joining me. And I'm going to ask the same question I ask everyone. The first question is, what does introversion mean to you? I feel like I'm going to do a game show host thing at some point. Anyway, <laughs> what does introversion mean to you? I think what I boil introversion down to is being someone who needs alone time in order to kind of re regroup and generate energy. Somebody who is not incapable or even necessarily dislikes being around other people, but does need that alone time to disconnect and, and kind of recharge and feel ready again to go out into the world. It's great. I've asked a lot of people this question and no one has given the exact same answer. So you'd think that people would have a scripted like it's this and this and this and this. It's all roughly the same thing, but the wording and the phrasing and the intonation is always different. And so even though I ask the same question to everyone, it's really lovely to hear all the different answers. So can you tell me a little bit about the work that you currently do? Yes, I am a health and weight loss coach and I help primarily women who just have a lot on their plate they're you know they have careers they have families they've got they're juggling a lot of different things and just kind of over the course of time have come to feel like themselves their goals their health their needs are what have ended up on the back burner and we do really comprehensive work that's not just focused on exercise and nutrition which is what my my background is in but also you know kind of the deeper work of developing a different mentality towards ourselves, towards our health, towards our bodies, and learning how to make changes from a place of love and acceptance and compassion for ourselves, because that's really the only kind of change that sticks. So it's much less like, you know, here's a workout program, here are some recipes, and more so like, most of us have a decent idea of what to do. The issue is that we're not doing it. And once we start digging into why that is, then we can start solving for those things and it all gets much easier. So with that in mind, because I'm sure a lot of people hear like health and wellness or weight loss and they're like immediately pigeonhole or bucket you into something. Can you tell me about some misconceptions that people have about your industry or the work that you do? That is a great question. And thank you for asking that because you're absolutely right. Even in podcast form where you can't see me, you probably do sort of paint a, a mental image and it might not be far off. Um, but I think one of the biggest misconceptions is that you see someone who is thin or fit or, you know, sort of looks like they work out and immediately assume it's just always come easily to them. There's like this us versus them kind of disconnect of, well, of course, you know, she looks that way. That's her job. Or, you know, she got into that job because she's naturally good at those things. And for sure, I will not deny that I have plenty of privilege and, and some genetic advantage on my side. But I don't know a single person who works in the industry who has not gone through their own struggles that are very, very similar to those of our clients. 
I spent years in a binge and restrict cycle. I spent years kind of grappling with trying to find the, the perfect diet, intermittent fasting, going paleo and all sorts of different things. And ultimately now finding a really healthy, happy place of balance. But even with that, I'm not motivated all the time. Nobody is. I'm not, you know, I'm not eating salads constantly. Those aren't like the only foods that I enjoy. I'm not always jumping at the the chance to exercise. People in the health, weight loss, fitness industry are really much more like normal than you would think. We struggle with a lot of the same things. It's just that we've often, you know, devoted more of our resources to figuring out how to overcome the obstacles that face us, which is then why we sort of turn around and say, now that I've learned a whole lot and made a lot of mistakes, let me help save some other people from the same, you know, trouble and the same length of time to figure this out on their own. Mm. Which makes me wonder how things like social media sort of fuel that disconnect and that gap that people in the wellness industry are human and have journeys to. Yeah, great question. So I think depending on how you present yourself online, it can either further that disconnect or it can help bridge it. Something that I work hard to do is be authentic and genuine on my social media. I years ago, probably 10 years ago when I first started doing video on social media, it would be like a whole day production. I would have to do my hair and my makeup and have a script. And recently I recorded a video where I forgot to take my retainers out in the morning. And I was like, look how far we've come. So I think the way you present yourself can make a huge difference. I'm I try to be very transparent about, um, you know, what I eat, what I do, how I feel and and just be relatable and show that, you know, my life is very similar to any other, you know, busy mom out there. Um, I think on the flip side, there's sort of the the belief belief and there's certainly some truth to it that people want to buy, you know, kind of the the image of the person. So if you're not showing up as this like perfectly polished, you know, matching workout set, really curated meals, then are you, you know, like the the fitspo that people want to be turning to when when they're looking for help? So I think trying to the best of, of my ability to sort of be both of those things in the the most authentic ways that I know how um, and not being someone that I'm not, I don't have a single matching workout set. It's just not who I am. Um, but also recognizing that I do have skills and strengths and and value that I can offer other people. Um, so I think it depends a lot on sort of what the algorithm is feeding you and how well you've been intentional about curating your feeds to show you people who are qualified and educated and well-intentioned um, and not allowing your feeds to go too far down the road of these impossible and unrealistic beauty standards that, you know, aren't healthy or necessary. Yes. Um, it made me think of um, a lot of, a lot of brides or brides to be start on that, that, oh, my, you know, picture perfect wedding. And therefore also you're supposed to diet before you go and buy a wedding dress and da, da, da. And it's the whole industry around it but also can be really detrimental to people's mental health for that reason but and 
is there something that you do regularly that has improved your career or business over time? Apart from like exercising and that kind of thing. Yeah. I think one of the most surprising things has been embracing and learning about doing mindset related work. I'm a pretty like practical, I like data, I like science, I like um like order, I like physical things. So the world of mindset work has always felt very like woo to me and very intangible and kind of fluffy and I resisted it for a long time. And then much like the comprehensive approach I take with clients, I realized I was doing myself a disservice by dismissing this entire area of work that would likely benefit me. And what I've learned is that a lot of what mindset work boils down to is becoming aware of your thoughts and learning how to assess them as to whether or not they're helping you or hindering you whether or not they're true, whether they make you feel good or bad, and just how easily influenced we are by all sorts of things, our pasts, the people who are around us, all that stuff. And we don't even realize when we believe things that aren't actually facts. We have our beliefs about the world that we have come to believe are true because we've never thought to question them. Right, right. Yes. A thought is not a fact. Yes. Um, that has been very eye-opening for me. And the way where journaling practice is tied in is learning how to just kind of brain dump my thoughts and ask myself probing questions and then sort of like entertaining the possibility. Could it be true that this thing that you think isn't actually a cold, hard fact? Is there someone else in the world who feels differently about this than you do? And do you want to, now that you have the awareness to know this thought is not a fact. What do you want to do with it? Do you want to keep it? Or do you want to do the work to swap it out for something that's going to better serve you going forward? That's been very surprising to me in the sense that I even tried it and that I found so much value in it. And now it's a big part of what I incorporate into my work because I see just how that skill transcends any any one area of your life. It's not just a health thing. It's anything. You your your brain is such a powerful asset that we just don't really no one really teaches us how to um how to how to use yeah we take it for granted so um while <laughs> Esther was there talking I literally have a post-it note uh, on my opposite wall that I pulled off and showed her and it was like it literally says I thought it's not a fact I, some someone told me that and I'm like I like that and so that sits on my uh, mirror and it's a really good reminder to be like oh oh I'm just kind of making that shit up so <laughs> you don't want to think about it like that, but you are. And um, along with, so you opened your 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 idea to doing these things, and this is something you said yes to. Is this something that you consciously say no to? Hmm. Two things come to mind. One is the kind of shiny object syndrome of wanting to pursue a bunch of different things at once, all the things. And I think that's kind of a double-edged sword of owning a business where like you you can pursue whatever it is that you're interested in. And having that freedom is awesome. And also, as you learn, once you try to do too much at once, 
you're you're spreading yourself way too thin and you're not gonna have much to show for like all these different things you're trying to do. So when I really started telling myself like, okay, yeah, that, that's a good idea. You can do that sometime. But right now you're keeping focused on, you know, what, what at this point is our signature program. That has helped a ton. And instead of feeling like I need to like consider every single thing that comes to mind, all I just have to ask myself is, is this aligned with your signature program? No, then it's just a distraction. Now is not the time. So that's one big one. And I think the second kind of going back to talking about social media and the power you have to curate what you see, I have to say no to following or watching or paying attention to a lot of other people in the industry, not because they're not sharing valuable things. Same thing with like business coaches. There's so much noise out there and some of the noise is very useful and valuable, but even useful, valuable information becomes noise if it's coming at you from too many places at once. So I say no to a lot of input and stimulus from the majority of people because I really want to stay focused on either people whose expertise I know and trust or specific areas that I want to learn more about and I can dive into. But otherwise, it's just so easy to go down the road of comparing myself to other owners of similar businesses to be looking around for, oh, this business coach is saying that it needs to be YouTube. So I should give up on my podcast. And I should, And it's just like, you end up much like somebody trying to lose weight, like diet hopping. Oh, I'm going to try this. Oh, I'm going to try that. And it's not that any of those things wouldn't have worked, but none of them work if you don't give them long enough. So I'm, I'm just saying no to like a lot of stuff coming at me and trying to just put the blinders on and trust myself to either know what to do or to find the people who can help me without it being overwhelming. I find myself curating my my email subscribing list, not, not my subscribers, but things that I've subscribed to. I have to go through and be like, yes, I like this human and this. I don't want to forget that this human exists. But also, if I look at every offer they have, I'm going to want to get every offer they have, which is a distraction. So like I need to like I said, like, I don't like you. I just I just can't right now. Yes, very, very much that. And so what do you do before your current business? I've sort of always done this. I've worked in the fitness, health, wellness industry my entire career. I went to school for exercise science. I became a personal trainer in college and it sort of just evolved from there. And it became like the current iteration. Oh, let's see. Coming up on 10 years ago, I met my now husband who's in the Navy and I knew I didn't want to be finding a new gym to work at, building up a new clientele every time we moved every two to three years. It was like the very early stages of online business. And I saw all these other trainers being successful. I was like, all right, I'm I'm smart. I'm educated. I can figure this out. You know, fast forward several years of me just stumbling around, having no idea what I was doing. Uh, I eventually, you know, got some got some footing and it's become what EA coaching is now. But um, I've always been doing some form of teaching classes, personal training, doing um, I worked in corporate wellness for a while and sort of all over. Um, and then as I was starting to dabble in entrepreneurship, I had a brief stint with a uh, creating a protein bar company that um, was a good learning experience. And ultimately, the the true test was I realized I was dreading when orders would come in because I didn't want to have to make the bars. 
And I was like, you know what? If the best case scenario feels like nobody buys anything, you're probably barking up the wrong tree. So that's how I kind of came came full circle back to coaching when I realized that's, you know, something I would do for free. It doesn't feel like a job. I never, you know, wake up like dreading uh, the stuff that I have to do. So it, it feels like the, the best of both worlds. And in your role, how do you go about conserving your energy? <laughs> I'd say that's a work in progress. Um, as as it is for all of us, it's definitely come a long way from a few years ago. And I think, you know, there's there's stages in any business and, and any aspect of your life, really, where one area monopolizes more of your time and energy than others. So when I was first starting and and learning and getting some momentum going, my business did take up, you know, monopolized a lot of my time. And I spent less time with my husband, you know, this is before my son was born. And then as things started to get up and running, and as I was able to start hiring a team and off offloading some of the day-to-day responsibilities, um, I was able to rebalance work and life. You know, when I had a newborn, obviously that took up a lot of my time. So I think part of what's helped is that I don't hold myself to this unrealistic standard that everything is going to be perfectly well balanced all the time. And instead, I try to think more big, big picture of, for example, right now, my husband's been gone in a, a training course for several months. So the, you know, time with spouse, that that dial's turned way down, um, which allows me to turn other dials up when he gets back that dial is going to get turned way up and others will get turned down. So instead of feeling like everything daily has to be like divided evenly, it's more so like, has anything been neglected for too long? And if so, what am I going to do about it? So I'm comfortable saying no to things. I'm comfortable leaving things undone so that I can get a workout in or get my sleep in or, you know, pick my son up from school. I think reminding myself of my core values really helps because I'm able to use that as sort of a litmus test for does this thing that's going to take time, energy, money, whatever resources, is it aligned with one of my core values? If not, it's a no. Um, and that helps me not just take on everything and then wonder <laughs> why I'm uh, pulling my hair out. Awesome. Thank you so very much. So surprise, quick question is, um, is a hot dog a sandwich? Mm, good question. Um, my, my knee jerk reaction is no, I want to say no. Okay. I feel like a person could make an argument about like a sandwich is anything that's like got bread on either side. I don't know. The way I picture a hot dog is, um, with the hot dog exposed on the top rather than it like flipped to the side. Um, so I don't know, because the, because the meat is exposed, I feel like it makes it not a sandwich. Also, then I feel like you open the door for like, is a taco a sandwich? Because that's like a, a bread product with meat in the middle. So, um, so I'm going to say no. All right. I'm curious what, uh, if you like, if you keep a, a long-term tally on where that, uh, where that falls. <laughs> yes, uh, I do. And also I used to lead a, um, like online, um, co-working session on a regular basis and that question sparked because it was a mixture of like sort of engineers and ux designers and yeah that question derailed the rest of the co-working session for a <laughs> long time and still people come back being like what what about this yeah mm-hmm. been working on their arguments <laughs> yeah it's a whole thing so thank you so much can you please tell my listeners where they can find out more about you and what you do yeah you can find me on facebook instagram tiktok at esther avant 
and I have a podcast called Live Diet Free. Woo! Yeah. All right. Thank you so much for joining me today. Everyone, this is Janice at The Career Introvert, helping you build your brand and get hired. Have a great rest of your week.